Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So then Mike Martz comes out and says, oh, this team has the least amount of talent I've seen since the 0-16 Detroit Lions. And number one, I didn't know that Mike Martz was still around and still had access to our brains. Like, first of all, Mike Martz, why are we still asking Mike Martz his opinion on anything, on any sort of roster construction? The moment that Mike Martz determined that Greg Olson wouldn't fit into his garbagey, gimmicky offense. I think that's all we needed to know about Mike Martz. That offense got figured out pretty quickly. All right. Mike Martz started Mike Martz started out in Southern California. I think it was at like Santa Ana Valley High School. Maybe it was Canyon of Anaheim. I don't know what it was. That that offense is good the first time you see it, and then people scheme for it and it's done. All it does is get quarterbacks killed. Kurt Warner's career probably could have lasted longer. Jay Cutler's certainly would have. And Mike Mutt, like, we don't need to hear from Mike Mutt. Like, what? I, you know what? Let's get Kate, Sammy, let's get Cade McNown on this show. I want him to break down the quarterbacks. Is Mark Tressman available? Why are we, why are we, why are we seeking the opinions of people like this? Like, we don't need them anymore. This is a new world for the Chicago Bears. We do not need to go back into the past and find some of the biggest disappointments and have them give their thoughts on the team. I don't know. Anyway, Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. We have got a great show for you lined up today. Joining us, former offensive coordinator Mike Martin. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. Uh, we're going to go with people whose opinions actually matter. We're going to have one of our friends of the show. Ill Will will be joining us here in a matter of moments. And then later on today... Uh, We're going to start doing our weekly feature of Fantasy Island, and joining us will be the VP of Trophy Smack, Kelly Singh, one of the bright young voices in fantasy football. We're going to be going over some of the biggest value plays in fantasy as well, taking uh, taking a look at some strategies as you guys get prepared for your drafts this coming weekend and beyond. Now, by the way, you can listen to the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on AM 1530 WCKG in Chicago every Friday. 2 to 3 p.m. Central, followed immediately by the No Name Pod 
with Olin Krutz and Jason McKee, a cover two of Bears coverage like no other. That is AM 1530 WCKG. And if you're driving around in the car listening to us right now, we thank you for that. Want to let you know that you can also watch us on YouTube and Facebook. And if you are doing that, please comment using the word sick. And if you're listening to the audio, wherever you download podcasts and you're enjoying it and you're like, oh my gosh, I've never given a review for the show. That would help us out tremendously. Like, review, maybe send it to a friend of yours. Maybe go to your Facebook group. Be like, hey, check out this podcast. That idiot from the NFL Network's on. And he's talking about the Chicago Bears and it's a lot of fun. And so we appreciate everybody who's already done that. And we appreciate everybody for being here. And speaking of being here, Let's waste no time bringing in one of our favorites. He is a great follow on Twitter. He is one of my favorites in the the Twitter community. And just, you know what? And his podcast, The Three Kangs, is amazing. That's another podcast you should be downloading. Let's welcome to the show, Ill Will. What's up, Adam? What's up? How are you? (laughs) I know we're holding it down for the Inland Empire, right? (laughs) Yeah, a couple of IE kids chopping it up about the Chicago Bears. What could be better uh, what did you make of Mike March's comment? I didn't know that Mike March was still around. Me I didn't know what food for less did they pull him out of <laughs> where he was the cashier to get his Winko. opinions on this. What is he talking about? <laughs> is he working at like Home Depot? He's like what people do when they retire, they work at the front of Home Depot and they like pass out like the, the coupons. Yeah, I, I know this is radio, so I can't say the word, but uh, we all remember that famous Jay Cutler clip when yes. they were playing the Vikings. Tell Mike March to go. Blank himself. That's how we all yes. feel about Mike Marks. You know, Jay Culler felt that way. You feel that way. I feel that way. Bears Twitter feels that way. We don't value his opinion. No. We don't care. You know. It is one of those <laughs> things like I, 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 I didn't. Sorry, sir. It's kind of like, you know, it, it's one of those things. And it's, this is always one of my big pet peeves is if you're just sitting there and you enjoy. Like if you're sitting there, you're an IE guy. So, you know, this there's a there's a popular uh quick serve restaurant in Southern California called Del Taco that actually (laughs) makes great fries. And every once in a while, you'll be sitting there enjoying your Del Taco and somebody walks up and is like, I hate their food. And you're like, okay, cool. I didn't ask for your opinion. I'm enjoying it. I'm actually having a good time. I don't know why people always need to go out there and feel like they have to interject themselves in places where it's, it's unwanted. And when he's talking about the roster though, And I think this is something that you brought up on Twitter. And I think it's very interesting is that when you talk about the lack of talent and you talk about the lack of, there's not enough good players on this team. We just saw the NFL unveil or NFL network unveil the NFL top 100 list, a list that's made by players voted upon by players. We had three guys. I think that says a lot. Yeah. We got Robert Quinn top 50, uh, Roquan Smith, David Montgomery, we got a few guys that probably could make it in the future, like Jalen Johnson, Darnell Mooney, hopefully Justin Fields. And, and so you look at these teams like the Texans, the Jets, the Jags, the yeah. Giants, the Falcons. I think all those teams combined have a, the same amount as uh, top 50, uh, top 100 players as we do, but yet somehow we don't have any talent. We don't have anyone who can – we don't have good NFL players at all. And it, you're starting to see – it's just preseason, but you're starting to see the Bears play hard, play a certain brand of football that we're used to in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And people are doubling down on bad takes. <laughs> They're tripling yeah. down. It, it felt really weird watching the Thursday night game from a week ago, the one that emanated from Seattle. 
it feels like, and listen, I understand. I know how television production goes. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you walk into it. You, you have a certain feeling about a team. I feel like Orlovsky and Lewis Riddick were both of the mind that the Bears are garbage. And I think, I think Orlovsky is a little bit more open-minded. Mm-hmm. But it really felt like they didn't know what to say. When the Bears started playing so, and it's not like they were, you know, looking like the 85 Bears or anything like that, mm-hmm. but they were, you could tell they were a a more well-oiled machine mm-hmm. than the Seattle Seahawks, which by the way, they had a veteran quarterback going up against second stringers and still could not function as an offense. I think that they were, they didn't know what to do at that point. Yeah, Geno Smith, he's been in the league for several years, and he just was just – the word I want to use is flummoxed. <laughs> he couldn't yes. get a first down. And he was playing against, you know, who was the guy? Uh, the, the Jones guy, and it wasn't Bayless Jones or Braxton. I don't know who these guys are. And I'm a Bears yeah. fan, and they were shutting this team down. They didn't score until, like, the fourth quarter. And Geno Smith yeah. was playing football games. This is an NFL quarterback. You know, I'm not – you know, he's actually deserves to be in the NFL. He's not a practice squad player. And no. – and you can tell they were just like, uh, you know, but they're off of some line. I do want to say this, Adam. I, I the, the guy, they, it was a video going around. I think it was Colin Cowherd or Warren Sharp. They had the, the offensive line has given up all this pressure. And it was like a screen and a rollout and the, the running back didn't pick up the blitz. They just have this narrative that they're putting out there and they're stuck on the narrative. And they just keep reiterating and regurgitating the same thing over and over. And, and it's like, I don't know if they know what to do. Uh, why is it so hard to admit, hey, maybe this team isn't as bad as we thought they were. They aren't great. We don't think the Bears are great. But just say they aren't the worst team in the NFL. Can you just say that? Can you just admit yeah. that? I, I feel like the way that, that Matt Eberflus coaches this team, it would be impossible for them to be the worst team in the NFL. It would really – they would it would literally shock me. I'm not – listen, I'm not going to delude myself into thinking that they're going to go out there and win 14 games and dominate or anything like that. But the effort that we're already seeing in the preseason just shows me that it's going to bleed over to the regular season, that people are going to be playing hard, that this team is going to be competitive week in and week out. And if there's some funny losses, like, okay, Mm -hmm. like they're not uber talented. I Mm -hmm. I get that. They're not, you know, it's, I, I, as, as much as those teams are terrible, and I think this might be something, I think as much as uh, teams like the Seahawks and the Falcons, I think overall those teams are terrible. But it feels like a fantasy football mentality of Kyle Pitts is so good. Oh, yeah. Like Drake he is London. such a massive, <laughs> he's such a massive mismatch that you're like, this Falcons team, can, you're like, no, it's one guy. Mm. It, he's the only guy <laughs> and he looks great. Wait till the regular season starts. Matt Eberflus would scheme that guy out of the game. Mm-hmm. Seattle has the same thing going for them, where like DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, one of the best tandem wide receivers. So it it kind of disguises it. But I think that overall, wouldn't you agree, like the Bears as a football team just feel better, even though they don't have superstars like Kyle Pitts or DK Metcalf or something like that. I, I totally agree. And this is this. I'm gonna break. I'm gonna go into a little bit of history. I've been doing this too, and going back and forth. Greg Gabriel, former Bears scout, has been with me on this too. Go back to the Love You teams, right? The first year, the Bears weren't very good. I think they won five games. After that, Lovey Smith Bears teams never, never had less than seven wins a season. 
they 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 wouldn't always go ten and six or eleven and you know go to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl, went to the NFC Championship. We we all know that at back to back win double digit win seasons. But the other seasons, they would at least go like seven and nine, eight and eight, no matter what. They were never just completely trash. And it's yeah. because of the style of the way they play. They play hard. They run to the ball. They 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 force takeaways. The special teams, and that's what that's all I've been saying. I never said the Bears have been a Super Bowl contender. I said they're going to play good defense. They're going to take uh, create takeaways. They're going to play good special teams. We saw that good punting, get kicking. Bayless Jones with the with the kick return. They're going to play a certain style of play, and that style of play limits how bad you are, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lovey Smith never went four and what twelve. He just he just didn't. His teams were just too disciplined to lose that much, and they had a little bit of talent. The Bears have a little bit of talent. They don't have a lot. So they like I'm, I'm going to be honest. You, you're a wrestling fan. Uh, on the Kings, we had this. Uh, when we played the, the Bucks, the the theme song, the Vince McMahon, you got no yeah. chance. No chance. Like, yeah, <laughs> we can't say it. But that's what's going to happen when we play the Bills. I'm going to be I'm gonna be honest. We play the Bills. We're going to get smoked more, more than likely <laughs> because they're just way better than us. But the Jets, the Lions, the Texans, the Falcons, the Giants, the Commanders. Come on, man. Come on. The, 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 the Bears will just – play better football than these teams. Like, they'll get less penalties. They'll stick to the run. They'll just play a rough defensive game and kick field goals and beat teams like this because that's what they do. And so I don't think this team is going to bottom out like them. Yeah, I think that's my biggest thing. And, you know, looking around the the, the Twitter landscape, social media, the, the national media, which I guess I would be considered <laughs> a part of, I'm probably the most optimistic person and I'm looking even, and I uh, and I would say like ten wins or so. Even even the most ardent Bears fans who make me look pessimistic are still like <laughs> maybe eleven wins. Like nobody <laughs> nobody is deluded into thinking yeah. that this team is going to the Super Bowl by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that we can all recognize that the coaching is going to make such a huge difference. One of the things that I like about this coaching staff too, like not only are they getting after it, we talked about this on Take It to the Rank on Tuesday night, like how active the team is and practice and everything like that. I really like the fact that there are going to be starters playing in week three of the preseason. I don't understand the mentality because there is going to be a bye week mm-hmm. following this, this weekend of games. There's going to be a bye week. Like why are teams like, why aren't you taking advantage of this opportunity? And I'm glad to see Matt Eberflus do that. How did you feel about that news? Uh, after Matt Nagy, I, I'm pretty much one. I want to do everything opposite of what Matt Nagy did. Matt That's Nagy did, did not play Mitch in what is it, 2019? And like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna and we got smoked versus the Packers and a hundred year anniversary anniversary. What is it? Monday, Monday. What is it? Monday night football. That's a Thursday night game. Thursday no, 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 night. Game. The first yeah. year, yeah, it was the first year they didn't have the defending Super Bowl champions on Thursday night football to open the season. They went with the NFL's oldest rivalry. And uh, it didn't work out well. No, for us. I was I was watching that game with some Packer fans, so <laughs> so it didn't go well. They they they, they felt bad for me, and they kind of just stopped talking about the game, and we just drank beer. So uh, they need to play. You know, I know people are worried about injuries. Who do we see? Uh, the guy from the Cowboys, Smith. Who was it? Uh, yeah, Tyron Smith. Yeah, Tyron Smith, the left tackle, just got injured in practice. Injuries practice. can happen anytime. So yeah. You can't play the game scared. You know, you work in NFL networks. You work for the players. And they say, you can't play the game scared. You can't go in there like, we might get hurt. If you get hurt, if you get hurt in preseason, you get hurt in week one, it doesn't matter. Justin Fields get hurt. We, our season is done. So, yeah. You know, you got to go out there. You can't – like, I was in the military. Like, you can't 
go to war without training to go to war. You have to actually, you know, dig a foxhole and crawl through the dirt because you're going to have to do it when you go to war. You can't just show up in the desert and be like, oh, I've never been in the desert. You, you, you yeah. have to get hit. You have to call the plays. You have to run the plays. You have to, to scheme and do all this stuff. And it's fine. I hope hopefully no one gets hurt. But be honest, these guys haven't proven anything. They need to prove it. And they need to show the Browns that they won't give up like a billion sacks. You know? No. Yeah, they're actually that would be that that's actually a nice precedent to set. And it's like you said, it, it reminds me of gunnery sergeant Tom Highway firing in a an in, in, in AR-15, no what AK-47, being like, This is the common preferred weapon of your enemy. It makes a distinct noise, get used to it. And it's like, yeah, that's the mentality yeah. that you yeah. have to have. Like there's a uh I actually uh one of my coaches, Coach Lou, he was uh he told me one time, he's like, Look, he's like Everybody on this field is going 100%. If you are not going 100%, you are 100% guaranteed to get hurt. And so that's the way. And you saw, you know, it's interesting because you saw Kayvon Thibodeau who got injured and then everybody, you know, and it was funny because it was, it's the guy, it's the guy who's been knocking the bears on social media. Who's like hundred percent dirty play. Well, I was sitting there with Brian Baldinger a former offensive lineman who, whose opinion I value and trust. I said, what happened there? And he's like, oh, he's like, Kayvon Thibodeau just gave up on the play. The guy, like, you cannot chop block somebody if they're engaged. That guy was running to him and then saw how big Thibodeau was and was like, I'm, I'm going to chop him. And Thibodeau kind of gave up on the play. And instead of trying to protect him himself, he looked half-assed and he injured him. He's like, that's a perfect example of that. So it wasn't a dirty play. He saw it was coming and he should have been able to, to feed it off. So I, I, I th- again, mm-hmm. but the point being is like any, this stuff can happen at any point. Like you got to be out there and you got to be giving effort. Now, David Montgomery, different, different mm-hmm. human being. If he doesn't play like, okay, like I've, I've seen enough of David Montgomery to be like, I trust you. Like he's, he's the one, like when you're a teacher, there's like one student, you're like, okay, I trust you. Like you're fine. But everybody else, like, I got to watch you, make sure you're not using Discord to cheat or something like that. So I appreciate, and I appreciate that mentality. And it is a a stark, as you said, a stark departure from that. I remember that 2019 game. And I was so disappointed because you were like, okay, like, Mitch isn't playing and we're not seeing practice. Perhaps, all right, maybe we're onto something. Maybe he is going to take that step because there was a play in the Eagles game, because that was coming off the double doink. The last mm-hmm. time we saw everybody on the field was the double doink. And Mitch made an adjustment on a throw to, to Allen Robinson, which helped set up Cody mm-hmm. Parkey's field goal attempt, where you're like, okay, like, we'll see. Like, let's go. And uh, then it was it was awful. And you're like, okay, maybe this guy should play. So I enjoy <laughs> seeing it. I like what I've seen out of Justin Fields. I thought that there was one play in the Seattle game where you're like, oh, you should have let the pocket develop around you. Mm-hmm. He bailed too early. Uh, second year quarterback. I think yeah. I can, I think I can live with that. But what's interesting to me, the team goes out, signs, well, three veteran offensive linemen. And of course, uh, uh, Lucas Patrick is going to be the center when he returns, but it seems like Riley reef, Michael Schofield will not be playing, will not be the starters. What have you thought about these young guys playing on the offensive line and the performance that you've seen out of them in the, you know, in Seattle and what we could expect from them th- uh, against the Browns this week. I'm, I'm happy. Uh, when they signed Riley Reef and Schofield, I said the best case scenario is that they lose their jobs to the young guys. I figure 
Yeah, that I that the right side would be Boreham and Jenkins, but I thought it was going to be flip flop. I thought maybe Jenkins was going to be the tackle and Boreham would kick in the guard. And I'm a huge fan of both. I thought they were just big balls of clay that you can just mold. And so Larry Boreham got in real good shape, worked really hard, and uh, and and got himself ready for the season. And Jenkins is just. He's going to learn that position. You may be looking at a possible future Pro Bowl guard. He's nasty. Yeah. And this is his first game. I think he gave up a pressure, but he didn't just let the guy blow him up. Like, he's not going to get blown up like Schofield. You know, Schofield got blown up in that KC game. That's not going to happen to Jenkins. He's too big. He's too strong. He's too athletic. I like it. And, if man, if you got Braxton Jones at the left tackle, you got Jenkins and Boone, right tackle, I mean, right guard, right tackle, and you got uh, Patrick in the middle. I know Cody's still in the contract, but he's a little older. You got four guys that are under 30 just on the line. And now all of a sudden you have a deep offensive line because Riley Reef can play left or right. Schofield can play left or right guard. You still got Mustafa for who's, you know, he's uh he gets beat up in the Bears uh in Bears Twitter a lot, but he he's a he's a nice reserve to keep on the bench. So you know, yeah, it's a backup center. But uh you might be looking at a deep offensive line. I know, I know it's crazy, right? It's shocker. I know everybody's saying the Bears have the worst offensive line. Justin Fields been sacked once, and the play that it looked like a sack, but he left the pocket too early. That was that was kind of on him. The pocket was pretty nice. He no, that was been, that was his. Well, I mean, it was his fault, yeah. but that's fine. Like it's yeah, that's preseason with a second yeah. year quarterback. Like that's okay with me. Yeah, he tripped over Braxton Jones' feet. So actually, if he did trip on all twenty-two, you see him. He kind of clipped his foot. If he wouldn't clip his foot, he would have picked up probably eight yards. So. You know, that's why you got to look at things. You know, if he doesn't clip his foot, he puts up eight yards and we don't even care about this, you know. But I like it. I, I care a little bit, but and he didn't, he wasn't behind the line of scrimmage, so it doesn't go down as a sack. Yeah. So that was good. I thought that the one, there was one play, because that's the thing. It's like even Kyle Brandt was coming out there like, I don't want Justin Fields running for his life. It's like, well, they ran a screen right off the start. So pressure is going to get in his face and he allowed it to get into his face. and He delivered a, a good, a good throw. The only play that I that I felt like he got actual pressure, not the one where he he decided he was being pressured. But again, this is coaching. This mm-hmm. is this is fixable. The one was it was a Khalil Herbert missed it, mm-hmm. like he missed the blitz pickup. And again, like I feel, you know, this is maybe me making excuses, but like David Montgomery doesn't miss that block. I don't like that's think so. that's going to be fine. I think that's the biggest issue. Like that's the the young running backs. Between uh, Ebner and Herbert, like, can you guys pick up pass protection? Because that is going to be a big issue. Otherwise, they might see more 12 personnel and, you know, running more of the fullback. We still got Kari Blasen game, you know, out mm-hmm. there too. So I I don't know. Am I am I being too optimistic about this? I didn't I, – I know it's not perfect. I know it's not the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles have the best offensive line in football. That's fine. But they're not the worst. Can I – am I wrong? Am I wrong? I don't think you're wrong. And you know who came from Philadelphia? A, a young man named Ian Cunningham. Oh, my gosh. He's the assistant. Right. <laughs> These guys, uh, uh, Ryan Poles, Kansas City, they built a pretty good offensive line. And uh, before the Eagles, Ian Cunningham was in Baltimore. They do a pretty good job of building offensive lines. I think that, I think they'll be okay. And I like the fact that we have young guys because there's upside. There's really no upside in Schofield and, and Reef. It's like, okay, they're guys. I can see a path where Jones is going to get better because he's a rookie. He should get better. If he's playing as well now, Boron, Jenkins, they should get better. And I think Patrick should make it all work, should should, should help it out. And you may be looking at in the way they're going to run the wise on, they're going to bootleg Justin Fields. I think they're holding a lot of that back 
They did it a couple times, but they're not really trying to show the hand. They run the real basic concepts, little little overs. They're not really showing you the hand. And I think they they can be okay. And I don't think that this coaching staff is going to leave Justin Fields out the draw. I heard uh, Tom Thayer, the great Tom Thayer. I was listening to uh, he was doing a preview for the uh, the Browns game, and he was saying that they never changed the snap count versus the Browns. Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney were literally they knew the scat, snap count. They were jumping off the ball faster than the Bears' offensive line. And that's why they got so many sacks. I don't think you're going to see stuff like that. I think if you see the, the ends rushing Justin and getting to him, they're going to start. They're going to leave. They're going to do 12 personnel. They're going to call max for tech. They're going to roll the ball out. They're going to run the ball. They're going to throw screens. They're going to make you pay for pinning your ears back. And I think that's a huge difference that people are discounting. The coaching staff is going to protect the line and Justin Fields a little bit better, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's a problem that that comes around with with analysis and everything like that is that there's too many people who look in the past too much and aren't projecting towards the future. And that I think is a huge detriment and it's one of the reasons why people get a a negative connotation over the Bears. And I you know it's it is funny too because I know a lot of my friends who are Jets fans are going through the same thing and they're like, "Hey, and I, and which I've always said, look, the Jets, to me, are one of those teams that went out there and executed their draft plan perfect. I feel like the Bears did a great job with their executing their dra- their draft plan. The Jets, obviously. The Giants, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's just now a part of, like, these players have to perform. And I think Zach Wilson's not as good as Justin Fields. I've always I- said that. That goes back to before the Same. draft. <laughs> and that is my thing. Like, whenever somebody's like, well, why don't you give the Jets the benefit of the doubt? It's like, I don't think your quarterback's as good as ours. And I've said that since day one. I was saying that after that whole draft, that whole draft review, you can go back and read the stuff that I wrote. I'm like, I don't know why any quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence, which is understandable, mm-hmm. is going ahead of Justin Fields. I just cannot watch college football. It reminded me of the draft class where Mitch Trubisky and all those guys came out. And you're like, well, I'm projecting this guy with upside over two guys who dominated in college football. Mahomes, if you wanted to have some reservations, because, you know, Texas Tech played a more gimmicky mm-hmm. offense or whatever, but it's like the other guy who I don't want to refer as a football player. Yes. Um, as a football player. By the way, <laughs> God bless Jacoby Brissett. I know that he probably didn't mean it this way, but they're like, hey, can you can you be like not Deshaun Watson? He's like, I can do that. <laughs> I'm definitely not Deshaun Watson. Like, <laughs> Whether he met that the way that yeah. it came off or not, that was the perfect response, and I got to respect him for that. And uh, I'm a huge I'm, – I'm now rooting for Jacoby Brissett because of that. But I think one of the biggest things is that we have a lot of confidence in our quarterback. I liked what we saw. I don't think he gets enough credit for the, the throws that he makes. And now, you know what? And I know that you always have been talking about the concepts that Luke Getze is bringing out there. And we saw it with that Cole Komet play where they had ESB up top, they had Darnell Mooney underneath, and then they had Cole Komet. They had three options. actually had five options because there were two routes for Justin Fields to run. And then people still were like, well, he he should have led Cole Komet more. I'm like, you've got – he <laughs> he picked up 19 yards on the play. And you're telling me he should have led him? Like, shut up. Just <laughs> – but isn't that – I thought that that play was a perfect example of stuff that we can expect. Is that I know you've been talking about mesh concepts. Is that what that is? Is that that kind of like yeah, – when, yeah. 
well, when they cross over like that's mess. Packers ran a lot of mess. They ran a lot of mm-hmm. mess. It's good versus uh, man. And the I just like the all. I, I say this a lot. It's the football nerd to me. I like the offensive architecture, right? I study this stuff, right? I, I, I get the books from, from Bobby Peters and I'm like reading it and I'm like going to the, the all 22 and I'm looking at I like it. I like the fact that because the Bears are going to run the ball. And so when David Montgomery, who's a who the NFL players respect, he's going to be a threat on that stretch handoff. Justin Field mm. bootleg, and you can do so many route concepts with that, man. And Justin throws so well on the run. That was awesome. I mean, the thing like Cole Komet, I, you know, I'm the king of Cole Komet fan club, right? So, you know, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, excuse me? Excuse me? Am I not sitting? Am I, Sammy, am I not sitting here? Oh, my gosh. Okay. I, I'm self, I'll say I'm a self proclaimed king. Okay. Of Fair enough. <laughs> But Kokomet is what, 6'7, 260 oh, he's a pounds, and he's all muscle. You're going to tackle that guy? Who wants to tackle Kokomet? Who's he? No. And he runs a 4'7. And, he will, and he, he's a big guy, and he can lower his shoulder. I don't know how he does it, but he can lower his shoulder. Lower him. Like, I'm not trying to tackle Kokomet. I'm making business decisions at that point. So that's an awesome play. You know, I love that play. I, you know, and it's funny too because, you know, I always have to correct people. When they say dumb things, I can't help myself. <laughs> One of the things that, and it, you know, it really though, sometimes I'm getting better about holding back, but when people, and I'll, I'll still see this online and people will be like, well, you know, when you have a run first quarterback, like Justin Fields, I'm like, you need to stop, <laughs> please stop that. Like, and it, and I know why they're saying it. And it's yes. a very, there's an unconscious bias of why they say it. Like mm-hmm. they, they say that about, I remember I used to work with a guy. Who's, who's no longer with the with the NFL Network? He'd be like, "Well, you know, like a run, you know, Jameis Winston, a running quarterback. Like, Jameis Winston <laughs> is not a running quarterback by Listen, any stretch of the no. imagination. Like he he might lose to Tom Brady in a foot race. Like let's <laughs> let's let's at least watch one hour of film, please. The Cut one the thing game. that I the one thing that I really loved about that, and again, it goes back to destroying narratives, and it goes back to like being able to establish the identity of who Justin Fields really is, is like that rollout. Like, and again, he has three options. He's looking at all of them running is his fourth and fifth option. He doesn't want to do it. If he has to do it, he can do it very well, you know? And it's like, he's got, he can do it, but he doesn't want to do it. He'd rather throw. He's a pocket quarterback. And of course you're moving the pocket for him. I was really impressed with that. The play that he missed Darnell Mooney on in the, like he threw it in the back of the end zone. You know, the play that I'm talking mm-hmm. about. Yes. What did you, th- I, I, I kind of like that. If you watch it, he points like I see ESB here, like ah, if it's a regular season game, but it's second down, he doesn't take the the dump off, which we can determine whether he's open or not. If ESB is mm-hmm. open or not. I kind of like that. He went to the end zone, like go for the touchdown, bro- brother. We got, we got three. Like we got Cairo, we're we're getting three. Go yes. for the touchdown. What did you think? I thought that play was kind of impressive that nobody was talking about. Yeah, a lot of people. There was a lot of controversy on that, and I and I, and I drew my line in the sand. The Bears didn't score enough touchdowns, right? It, it, they yeah. didn't. They 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 were like one of the worst scoring offenses in the NFL. I feel well. It was a second down on top of that, so it's like you got another down. So that's what I'm saying. Like he, be aggressive. I, did he put they, the ball in harm's way? No. The it was a he put the ball only where Darnell Mooney could catch it, or it was an incompletion. Yeah. So now if he throws the ball in the triple coverage there, okay, 
throw the ball, just chuck the ball at ESB. Like, if it was the other quarterback we had to not be named, he would have yeah. thrown it in triple coverage, and I'm like, just throw the ball at ESB. But Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney just get, a, get it on the same page. That's why you have preseason. No, fine. Yeah. We need to score touchdowns in the red zone, man. Hey, chuck yeah. it. I mean, YOLO, live it. Live your life, man. We got to score, bro. Like, like oh what God. are you doing? <laughs> no, I'm I'm 100% with you. And I thought, again, you know, I'm always of the mind. I know there's, you know, and it was a philosophical debate. Like, nobody's upset. Nobody's puffing yeah. up their chest or anything like that. It's it's just the way that you you would rather play quarterback. And I think you talk to any quarterback, they're like, I want the touchdown. Like, right. if it's if it's third and three, or even now, I mean, I think that Eberflus has kind of indicated that he'll take some chances. I... I, I think it's a difference of this Bears team of like normally, like if Mitch was the quarterback, you'd mm-hmm. be like, bro, any first down they're giving you, please go take. <laughs> Run. I'm still of the mind of like, oh, like, okay, we'll pick it up on third down. I'm not extremely worried about it. Go, go make the pass. I will tell you this too. And uh, I didn't want to get into it with Packer fans, but I'm <laughs> like, that throw that he misses Darnell Mooney on in the end zone, in the back of the end zone. Uh, when he kind of he could have taken a check down, but he went for a touchdown on second down. That's fine. Um, if Jordan Love would have made that throw, the Packer fans would have been like, "This is this is why he's a superstar. <laughs> this is why he's the greatest, the greatest court." Like the the insanity. Uh, oh my gosh! The Did you see that video of the, of the incompletion that he made? <laughs> he was he was five yards out of bounds. That was like Justin Fields made that throw last year in Pittsburgh. He made yes. that throw last year in Las Vegas. Las Vegas. And he made it in the preseason versus you, the Titans. You were the one. Oh, yeah, you were the one. Yeah, that's right, because yeah. I called you out. Yeah, you bodied yeah, yeah. the poor kid. What was his name? <laughs> Jacob or whatever? I'm like, ill will bad. already bodied this kid. I don't want to pile on anymore. But it's like, that is not a good example. Like, if you're a Lions fan and you're trying to find any glimmer of hope of your stupid franchise, no disrespect. I'm teasing <laughs> Like, that's fine. Like, you're like, hey, like, we're trying to find positives. We're doing whatever. I'm like, okay, that's great. Like, okay, fine. But you're the Packers. You've had 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play. You know by now that is not a good throw. Exactly. Your guys, your your last two starting quarterbacks would not have missed that throw. No. They would have put it in the perfect, especially the, the guy who's your quarterback now, would have put it in the perfect spot. That, if you want to be encouraged by like if you're like, hey, like if, if Rogers is quarterback here, this is a touchdown. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, that's fine. It's like, no, Jordan Love. This I, I thought that that illustrated that Jordan Love is not, absolutely not. By the way, they're. You know what? I swear to you. How much we've had to endure with Viking fans trying to tell us over the last two years that Kellen Mond. Oh my God, Kellen Mond! Oh, uh, you know what? Kellen Mond's gonna end up being better than uh, Justin Fields. Just you wait. I'm like, uh, they just they just traded for Nick Mullins. They don't even trust your guy to be the backup this year. Kevin O'Connell walked in and was like, "Nope, nope." That was such a great feeling. That is one of my highlights of the off season so far. Yeah, uh, I, I had some receipts on the Kellen Mond thing, and I posted a few of them. You know, the people all go, we got uh we got Darisaw and Kellamon. That's that's better than the Bears getting Jenkins and uh Jetson Fields. And I was like, okay, I like Darisaw, the good player, but Kellamon, I figured I was like the Bears are gonna draft Kellamon in the second round. Oh. and I'm gonna have to try to sell myself on Kellamon. I'm so glad we didn't end up with Kellamon. He is throws his robotic. Like, how do you how do you watch Kellamon play football? Yeah. Watch Justin Fields play football and say, 
Yeah, these guys are the same. <laughs> it's yeah. no different. It's well, like the thing when they it's in and out. This is in and out at home. Kellerman is in and out at home. It's not the same as going, you know, going in and out. You know, it's not the same. Yeah, it's not know? sitting in there. Once you get home, the fries are cold. You're like, oh, this is uh, it's a little bit more overrated than I thought. <laughs> Del Taco fries, by the way, are better than in and out. Yeah. Anybody you know listening to us in Southern California, comment right now. <laughs> if you're a Southern California person, and I'm sorry for everybody driving around yeah. listening to AM 1530 WCKG, I will tell you this. If you've never heard of in and out, Portillo's has better fries, but people yes. it's, it's in and out is the Portillo's of the West coast of like everybody who lives in that region will fight you to the death. Like you go to a Chicago person and you tell them like, you talk about pizza and be like, Oh, like, like, like deep dish is a like, ah, the tavern style. They'll start throwing hands. Yeah. That's the way in and out is on the West coast. So I'm sorry yeah. that we're losing you with this conversation, but it is it is so funny the, the the way that that works, and I will also say this: um, I love that Kellen Mond's been kind of. A, I mean, not really. I don't want to see anybody. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I feel bad again, but it's like at the same. But it. But you also want to make fun of Vikings fans. Like yes. it's a, it's such a tough it's a tough yeah. thing of uh, of how we want to do this. So uh, it has been one of my favorite developments so far of the preseason. So what do we what do what are we thinking? What is the, what is the best case scenario for the Bears this? This weekend, what are we looking for, Justin? I'm with the offense. For one, the offensive line. The offensive line doesn't allow like nine sacks. How about we start there? We yeah. The, the line just doesn't get like Justin Fields obliterated. Remember the time when uh the, the, who was it? The Bills just went eight on uh Jay Cutler and they sacked yeah. him like ten times. We had to take him out the game. I don't want to see that. If, if that doesn't happen and the defense still looks like the defense, Roquan Smith is back. You know so. Roquan's back. He runs around and, you know, smacks some people. The defense look good. And they don't get Justin Fields killed. I want to score a touchdown. Give me a touchdown. You know, give me a touchdown. Get in the end zone. I, I feel optimistic about this offense. But get in the end zone. Make me feel a little bit better. Yeah. You know, I can go on. I can look up highlights. You know, I can just like, oh, yeah, they score. I like that drive right there. You know, that's a good one. Oh, look at that pass. Give, just give me something. Score a touchdown. You know, yeah. and don't get Justin Fields killed. Yeah. Instead of having to dissect this Cole Komet play over and over again, give us a secession. Of uh, some of those great plays, and hopefully we'll be able to go out there and see it. And uh, ill will, tell us about your podcast. Where can people follow you online? If you've enjoyed this conversation, make sure you are following him at seventy nine ill will on Twitter. What is the podcast? The three I said I said Kangs. I tried to be yeah. cool earlier. You said Kings. <laughs> I don't know what the heck is. I said depending on your vernacular. You know, Very, it's three Kings. Yeah. We on we on uh we on uh, Apple Spotify and we have uh, we're we're in the process of you know we have a YouTube page and have Streamyard so we're gonna start dropping YouTube videos you know so you can actually see us animated when we're all hyped up and screaming and you know debating each other and things like that and you can catch us all on uh on Instagram at Devory Nesby uh, at Dan Goodwin the third uh, underscore Three Kings of the Midway Podcast and hey man we're on these Twitter streets you know. Uh, spreading propaganda, man, for the Chicago Bears. <laughs> we love it. We love it. He is the keeper of receipts. He is ill will. Thank you so much for being here, and uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, brother. All right. There he goes. The great ill will. Make sure you're following him. He is one of my favorite Twitter follows uh, in all of Chicago Twitter. Yep. Every sport, Chicago Twitter. Make sure you're following ill will. Now, uh, as a special treat, as we start getting closer to the NFL season, you know, everybody might, you might, you might or might not know this. I am one of the fantasy analysts 
on the NFL Network. So I think it's imperative that we go out there and uh, start covering some of these fantasy news because I've noticed during the comment section, reading the comment section, that some of you have some fantasy questions, and I think that it would only be fair to sit here and take some time to answer some of those. So, Sammy, let's go to Fantasy Island. Welcome to our Fantasy Island. And joining us here today is one of the brightest minds in the fantasy football space. You've seen her all over recently. She was at the Great Expo in Canton, Ohio, was a part of that great women's panel. She is also the vice president of marketing for Trophy Smack. Please welcome to the show our friend, Kelly Singh. Hello, Fantasy Island. Welcome to the island. My goodness. Thank you. you know what? Since you've got your your uh, colorful glasses, I will adorn mine as well. Oh my gosh, I love it. We got fantasy season approaching. I know there's people out there panicking because if their fantasy draft is not this weekend, it's the following weekend on Labor Day. So Kelly, lay it out for me. What is your strategy going into fantasy season this year? My strategy always seems to be, first and foremost, I want to get my guy. I know that sounds really cheesy, but I feel like I do not have an enjoyable season if I haven't gotten my guy. And it feels like my guy has gotten more and more popular over the last two years, which happens to be Mark Andrews. Oh, no. So getting my guy has become a little bit tougher depending on where I am in you know, the grand scheme of things. However, Mm. the tight end room is broad. If you're willing to look a little deeper, I Mm. don't know. (laughs) What is, how early though? Like whenever somebody, we've heard this, like a couple of, for the last couple of years, we've seen people reach as early as the first round for guys like Travis Kelsey. How early is it? Is there, is there, is it too early to go for a tight end? Where do you want to draft somebody like Mark Andrews? I'm sure that I'm going to get a lot of hate for this, but no, it's never too early to draft a tight end like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey or any of those top, top guys because of their scoring potential, especially in those leagues where you can get extra points for different tight end roles. I like to play multiple tight ends personally in flex spots because I feel Mm. like they're really undervalued in fantasy. People are always looking RB, RB. I feel like that's gotten a little bit slower as the years have gone by and that's somewhat antiquated this year it feels like wide receivers are getting a lot of attention but that tight end role man they can produce i'm not talking to nick boyle that blocks (laughs) i'm talking to mark andrews that makes points no for sure and it's you know and it's not a knock on lamar jackson to say this but the 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 i'm sorry it's not a yeah it's not a knock on lamar jackson to say this but that offense designed by greg roman funnels targets to the tight end, which is why Mark Andrews is a tremendous option for you, puts up the numbers of a wide receiver. Has he passed Travis Kelsey as the top tight end in fantasy? I mean, I guess he did last year. He scored more points, but what about coming into this season? I still was seeing a lot of writing out there where he was the uh, tight end too. But 
Yeah. But I would say um, in drafts that I've been in, that's totally the opposite. He's definitely going as the TE1. And I've been in well over 20 drafts already this season. And it's 20 not... drafts? Yes. Uh, man, I'm such a noob. <laughs> what? A, like people on online are not going to like that. They're going to think that that's excessive. <laughs> Only rookies do that. Yeah. Who would do that? So, but you're also drafting though with fantasy hipsters. Like you're out there with like people in the industry, like most of these, like we do a lot right. of these drafts, like the people that we're drafting with now are all hip to this. But if you're talking to somebody and we have a lot of great fans who are listening to us on AM 1530 WCKG in Chicago, who might be approaching a fantasy draft for the first time right now, when you look at the rankings though, for us, I think we're both in agreement that Mark Andrews is better than Travis. There's a better option than Travis Kelsey. Yes, for sure. How do you feel though? Let me ask you though, because I like Mark Andrews is still my tight end too, but my tight end one is Kyle Pitts. I just feel that him being in Atlanta, being the most featured, like probably the best option that they have as a receiver. I know they drafted Drake London, but I also look at it too. When Marcus Mariota was the quarterback, in Tennessee, Delaney Walker had the best seasons of his career. Right. So I think that Kyle Pitts could end up being the tight end one. Am I crazy? I don't think you're crazy. There's a lot of hype behind that. I don't think it's unfounded hype, but it makes me slightly nervous when I think about oh, no. um, making Kyle Pitts my tight end one. However, that being said, once it comes to me if my top choices are gone. There is Kyle Pitts. I am seeing him go very early as well. So Mm. I don't think it's terrible, but there are some really fun. um, Well, there's one specific tight end that I think is a really fun sleeper option Uh um, that maybe people are starting to think about, which is Albert O. I will not attempt it just out of respect. Akue Budum. I know all of you radio TV people practice because Kendall um, with um, another network, Kendall Valenzuela, she practiced and said it on our Women of Fantasy Football podcast. And I was like, teach me your ways. Yeah, you got to get the phonetic spelling. I just had the researcher send that to me. I think I still might be saying it incorrectly, but Akue Boonam. And uh, it's, you know, it's also like when Tua Tungavailoa first started coming out and people just say Tua. I wanted right. to be the first one, especially in the fantasy space, who was just like, I'm going for it. And you just got to have the confidence. And eventually, you know, people have caught up. And once you learn how to say it, oh, you'll never say Tua. You're always like, oh, yeah, Tonga Vailoa does this and that. So it is something that you'll get it, Kelly. Listen, it's still it's still training camp for us as well as you're getting you're getting uh, getting acclimated, getting ready for the upcoming season. But Akua Bunam. Why do you like him so much? Why do you think that he has some potential there for the Denver Broncos? Because one, Noah Fant was the tight end there. I was on that train, even though he received the bulk, the I believe the leading share of uh, snaps there on the team, he's gone. So that frees up 90 some snaps, I believe. And that leaves Albert O there to receive those I think with Russell Wilson in place he's going to be looking for that tight end to pass to 
it's a it's a whole opportunity. And right now he's being drafted as the tight end 17. Ooh. So it's really a really great value, in my opinion, with this brand new offense you're going to see in Denver. You know what? It almost makes me want to pull up the fantasy football calculator and figure out who's going. Who are the six? I mean, obviously, there's some guys at the top of these drafts who end up going ahead of, you know, Albert Okue, Budum. Uh, let's see. Darren, yeah, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, TJ Hawkinson. Zach Ertz is a great option. Dawson, not. Okay, wait, actually, I'm starting to see. All right, okay. I'm starting to see why he could possibly fall. But I do want to say this. You know, you might or might not be aware. Uh, this is a this is a Chicago Bears show. Right. So if we're going to talk tight ends, Ill Will and I were just talking about Cole Komet. We're both we're both fighting yes. over we're both fighting over like who's the bigger Cole Komet fan. It's like that scene in Happy Gilmore where Chubbs dies. Oh, sorry, spoiler alert. Um, where Chubbs dies and Shooter and Happy are both fighting over who's playing for Chubbs this year. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that way with Cole Komet. How do you feel about him as a potential sleeper? this season last year I was like this is gonna be great I'm gonna draft Cole Kmet and then nothing really great came of that this year I feel so much better about it and it's so strange how it's this bitter discussion online there's there's Cole Kmet fans and there's Cole Kmet haters I am not on the hater train. I'm on the fan train. I see the perfect opportunity for him to really shine this year. I think that the Bears in general have a great opportunity to shine this year. It's super exciting. I think football in general, so many teams spent the offseason really just shining those turds you know (laughs) we are gonna shine this year look at the lions look at the bears look at gosh everybody even uh houston david mills is out there with his long neck making people look it makes it it reminds us in chicago of mike lennon whenever you see a long neck it looks like uriel ploof from star wars um we think of we think of mike lennon you did say the Detroit Lions. Don't throw the Detroit Lions in with the Chicago Bears. Like, we're a serious franchise. The Lions the Lions are like this mid-card jobber in AEW or the WWE where it's like they put together a video package. Like, this is why Hard Knocks is so great for the Lions is that you can put together a video package of the Lions and it leads you to believe, like, oh, my gosh, this could actually happen. Like, yeah, the Lions – they're going to go out there and they're going to win. Like when sometimes I'll be watching SmackDown on a Friday night and they put out a Chad Gable video montage. You're like, oh my God, Chad Gable's going to beat Roman Reigns. And then it happens and then it's a 30-second squash match. And you're like, oh. But the production led me to believe that it was going to be a pretty good like a match and it wasn't. I think that's the Lions. So I will allow you to say that one time, Kelly. That's All right. it. I mean – to be fair, I do a betting segment in Detroit with Detroit people, and it's kind of converted me slightly. But, you know, I don't know if you follow at Detroit Beastie for any sports betting or DFS, oh, but I'm sure there's a battle to be had there over no. can the Lions do it. I love the backstory that you get with Hard Knocks because in yeah. sports betting, I'm a big fan of 
what is going on with that player? Have they been married? Have they been divorced? Are they breaking up? Do they have a baby? You know, do they have, you know, poison ivy? I don't know, whatever it is. I want to know what's going on with them because it affects their play. And I don't, I don't know too many um, sports bettors in general or analysts even that care that much about it, but it's important. No, all that stuff factors in. And especially, I don't know, is Jared Goff still with his girlfriend? I don't know. (laughs) That's one of the things like Jared Goff, you know, like you see him on the football field and you're like, but then you see him off the field and he's got a girlfriend who's, you know, most would consider attractive. And you're like, Mm -hmm. well, he's got to have something going on. It's not as it's not as football skills, but there's something that, about Jared Goff that obviously appeals to somebody. Uh, so that is important. I do want to ask you though, uh, since you do, I I'm not advocating betting. I'm not. I don't even know what the Bears' win total is for this coming season. I don't. I don't even know what that means. How many wins do you think the Bears? If you were just going to project, and you were going to say, "Hey, this is how many. This is how many wins I think the Bears will have." I don't want to know the number. Don't give me the Vegas number. How many wins do you think the Bears will have this season? I think the Bears could have eight wins. I've been I've been looking at the schedules and mm-hmm. I wanted I wanted at one point to be like lower, but I think eight is a good number. Dun dun dun. You know what? That's acceptable. I mean, it's you're off by two. Okay. But it's it's okay. No, no, no. It's it's acceptable. I do uh I do appreciate that. It, it's interesting to see. And of course, you know, Kelly's work uh in the in the in the gaming space in fantasy football. She is an unbiased, unbiased person living out there in Arizona, although she's close to a Portillo's. So I don't know if that counts <laughs> both true. in both in Southern California and in Arizona. So of course. Uh, there might be a little bit of, uh, you know, whatever. So I, I appreciate I think eight wins, you know, I think most Bears fans are realistic. Last season, you know, this team won six games, five, six games with Matt Nagy without a coherent offensive program right. or anything like that. So I think that it's fair that when you look at the team right now, they'd be like, well, if they're coached better, they should be in more games and they should be competitive and they should do some stuff like that. I won't keep you too much longer, but I did want to take an opportunity to kind of pick your brain on some. I did ask you, uh, I gave you a mm-hmm. homework assignment. Who are some players that are that are kind of sliding under the radar or undervalued? However, I described it. Who are some of the players that you're looking at? We know how you feel about the tight end position. But right. Who are some guys that you got? So one I think is really interesting is, uh, well, Green Bay has a couple, actually. Um, Show's over. Good night, everyone. No, I'm just teasing. All okay, right. I'll skip. I I'm joking. Work. No, no, no. I, I love Aaron Jones this year. So please go on. The Green Bay okay. guys are fun. Aaron Jones is being drafted at RB13. However, AJ Dillon is being drafted at RB25. Yeah. But they literally split production. So it makes me wonder if you're not able to grab the household name of Aaron Jones, it sounds logical that you should pick up AJ Dillon if we're going to say all things are equal in this year they will again split production which I think is completely possible because it feels like Green Bay was obliterated in the yeah. offseason so you're safe drafting AJ Dillon instead of Aaron Jones as your RB 
Um, I, I love Aaron Jones, but I agree with that sentiment wholeheartedly. Cause like, that's the thing. Like if you miss out on Aaron Jones, then be like, all right, fine. I'll get AJ Dillon. Right. Outside of, outside of Aaron Rodgers, of course, the two best offensive players on that team, like Alan Lazard, he'll be fine. Romeo Dobbs has been fine, but no, those are the two guys that you need to have. So I agree with you, even though they're Packers, we can be realistic, but yeah, those are two great options. Well, you mentioned Alan Lazard. Um, He finished not terribly last year as the wide Mm. receiver 44. He's being drafted right now as the wide receiver 51. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, who else are they passing to is my question. I mean, obviously they have other wide receivers. They've replaced them. They've brought on, um, you know, a rookie draft pick, but Alan Lazard, he's got rapport there with Aaron Rodgers, and I see him as being the wide receiver one there in Green Bay, and he's being drafted as the wide receiver 51. So that's a little low. Value. Yeah, that is a little low. Value pick. Absolutely. Value pick. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, Albert O in, the, in Denver and the situation there with Fant leaving. The other part of that equation is they've picked up Russell Wilson. Obviously, everybody knows that, yep. which I think is going to benefit Javante Williams, Ooh. who split touches with Melvin Gordon. Yes. Both approached a thousand yards last season. And again, that's great. That's fantastic. If they're going to continue to split yards, it's still a win for you. If you, if, if I can't even speak, Melvin Gordon is aging as we're all aging. We're all yeah. aging here. And it makes room for Javante Williams to start moving up and taking more of those snaps. So think about Javante Williams on Denver with a brand new quarterback and no one ball hogging. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's yeah, a I've great been, one. That's funny too, because like I've been an advocate of Melvin Gordon because of the discount, but again, it's a new coaching staff. I mean, a new coaching staff could come in and be like, yeah, we're just going to go with Javante Williams because he's more dynamic. So that is something to keep in mind. Maybe I will go back to overdrafting Javante Williams. How about one more for us? And uh, then we'll let you go about your uh, your business. I have um, I have two more, but one All right, two more. more. No, no, no. Give me two more then. All right, I'll take two more. You said it. I no, was going to be polite. No, no, no. No, no, no. I was going to be polite. I don't want to take up all your time, but if you're going to offer two, I'm going to take two. I do. I have two more, but they'll be pretty quick because one, I didn't um, actually figure out where they were where they were going. Actually, both of them, I didn't figure out where they're going in the draft. I just know I haven't seen them early, early. Saquon Barkley, bless his heart, is not going early this year. He finished RB. um, Oh, he's being drafted as RB 14 right now, which actually I think that has to be his floor. It's Saquon Barkley. He's 25 years old. And I know he's let us down year after year and he's been injured but you have to take the risk. I think you have to. Yeah, for sure. Um, And the other one that is kind of like the invisible running back who finished as RB5 last season is Mm -hmm. Arizona's James Conner. Oh, yeah. 
not flying off the board, folks. No, <laughs> nobody wants to drop them. Like we tried to tell them last year to take James Conner. Like I was all in on James Conner and nobody listened. And then we're back in the same, we're, we're back in the same spot again. Yep. He's out there. You can find him well into the middle of your draft and the man finished fifth. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. He's, I know that he was, he was sort of touchdown dependent last year, but like, yeah, touchdowns are cool like that. I expect this offense to score a bunch of them. He is their running back option for those. They got rid of his competition. It felt like, yep. I don't know. People just don't want to, people don't want nice things. I don't know yeah. how much that we have to sit here and beg them to take players like James Conner. They just don't want to do it. But listen, Kelly, thank you so much for doing this. You came on on short notice and uh, we really appreciate you coming and joining us here on Fantasy Island, which is presented by nobody. I don't know. Maybe if we knew a VP of marketing for some company, maybe we that could be changed. But listen, thank you so much. How can people follow you on Twitter? And tell us a little bit more about Trophy Smith. Yeah, of course. They can follow me on Twitter at Kelly in Phoenix, where I do a lot of freelance work in my part time. Luckily, I work for a sports adjacent brand, trophysmack.com, where we produce amazing six pounds of chromed out metal championship belts and champ chains, which is essentially a championship belt on a super thick chain. So rad. And then, you know, your standard trophies but they're never standard but oh but it's cool you know what like i know uh my a bunch of my leagues have championship belts it is so much fun and even it like we have leagues that we don't even pay money like we just play for a belt and everybody is as engaged mm -hmm. maybe even more so in getting a belt so if you're looking for something to spice up your fantasy league this season if you want to look do you want to do something different you can get one of those you can get a trophy you can get a you can get a chain yeah, a punishment like it doesn't have to be good it can be bad it can be a punishment as well so be sure to check out our friends at trophy smack but kelly thank you so much for being here you know what let's just you know what i'll have you here as we close out the show i want to thank everybody I want to thank ill will who joined us here earlier today I want to thank everybody who stuck with us after we got rid of our radio audience this is what we'll do for the coming season we'll take a little extra time to go over some fantasy football stuff and uh, to Kelly and to Sammy and to everybody else who makes this show sing, thank you so much. So until next week, bear down. And Sammy, can you play us out again? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.